Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. After just a devastating beatdown, just just a dismantling of the Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football, thirty-five to fourteen. Whew, that game was fun to watch. I, I didn't even watch it; I just listened to it, and it was fun to listen to. I ha- usually hate listening to games on the radio, but that one was all right. Uh, not a lot of not a lot of suspense, just a lot of uh, fist pumping in my car uh, as that game went on. Um, but the Packers are 3-1 and one through the first quarter of the season. 
And uh, we move on to the Dallas Cowgirls coming up this Sunday. Um, So we're going to get into that and a whole lot more here on the show. A lot of things to address coming out of that Bears game. A Bears, a game which, you know, looking at it, 35-14, you think, oh, it's a blowout, not a very interesting game, not much to talk about except for total Packers domination. Uh, But a number of things to touch on coming out of that game. Uh, whether it be Danny Trevathan, Demarius Randall, Clay Matthews. Uh, a lot to talk about coming out of that game, so we're going to dig into that and look forward to the Dallas Cowboys uh, coming up on Sunday. Um, but joining me right now, uh, as always, has n- never missed a show. If the show is up, we're both here. Never a one-man deal. Uh, the one and only Titletown Ty. Ty, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good, Mike. You know, it's... It's always a good week to come back after the Packers have beat the Bears, but it's even better to come back to know that the Packers have taken the lead in the all-time series for the first time since, what was it, 1933? Yeah. So there there you have it. Yeah, the way it should be. Uh, Just the fact that that's even a thing. Like, I can't even... Like, if you just look at the overall... I mean, I guess the Bears were decent in the 80s. The Packers weren't, so I guess that may have been giving them the edge... Um, but gee, since the '90s, you'd, you'd figure they'd have caught up by then. Go to sleep. Well, I, you know they Piper they got in, in a hole. Early. Yeah, they got in a hole in the '50s. Yeah, the, you know the Packers were down in the late '40s all the way through the '50s, and then they got in a hole again, part of the '70s, especially through the '80s, and then you know what what people have to realize and appreciate is the way that they've come out of this how good this franchise has been for the last 20 odd years through the Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers eras to climb all the way back because it was a big deficit and to take the lead. Yeah. Uh, and it just goes to show, I mean, Packers have had what two, two starting quarterbacks since 1992. The bears have had 32, something like that. Yeah. It's, it's a ridiculous <laughs> number. I mean, they've had almost as many starting quarterbacks as the Browns. Yeah. And when you can, when the best, when the probably the best two starting quarterbacks you've had on your team since 1992 is what would you say Jay Jay Cutler and Rex Grossman? Yeah, yeah, that's where I was going. <laughs> you know, yeah, you, hopefully the Packers would have caught up by then, but we have officially caught up, taking the lead in the series back on top the way things should be. Uh, geez, since 19 since the 30s, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a fun game to watch. Um, I went back and kind of watched the the condensed version of the game, and yeah, you know, it was all fun and games up until the Adams play, which we'll 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 definitely hit on that here in just a second. Um, but before we really dig into the game, get in all this, um, it's just been a, a terrible week with the tragedy in Las Vegas. Uh, just, I, it's it's beyond words. It's just getting ridiculous. But uh, on, on a more personal note, I just wanted to bring up and talk about. Uh, Tom Petty, the passing of Tom Petty. Tom Petty was a, oh, yeah. a huge influence on me. Uh, I'm a musician. I've played music and played in bands since I was you know, 13, 14 years old. And probably over the past decade, Tom Petty's been like the... Uh, just the guiding light of everything. He was all, He's just been the inspiration for, for everything. You know, going all the way back to probably the summer of... I guess it was the summer of 2010, 2011. Uh, it was probably the summer of 2009. Uh, I'm trying to think back of when it was, but that's when me and uh, 
my 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 friend and bandmate Eric and and my girlfriend at the time Peyton. We were really heavy into Tom Petty that summer, and that kind of got the ball rolling on on me and his band, uh, uh, the Radiation Blues, and and it just all kind of snowballed from there. And then we got to just starting from that, just the, that inspiration, and going forward after that, it's 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 a really big loss, and and. I just I just wanted to bring it up on the show because you know usually when when a celebrity dies or you know when a musician dies it, it just you know it's it's silly because you don't know them you never met them you never really you never even had had discussed anything said a word to them. Um, there's a connection though. There I definitely mean, is. There's not a whole lot of other mediums that anybody experiences that kind of connection through outside of music. I mean, for me, it'll be Paul McCartney. I mean, good God, lock that man in some kind of safe chamber right now because that'll be the day for me. I I don't even want to think about that. Yeah, and you know, and, and Petty was only sixty six too. Yeah, that's I guess that's why it. I mean, because I was I'm a huge George Romero fan too. He died earlier yeah. this year, but I was kind of prepared for that because he'd kind of taken. You know, an ab- a leave of absence kind of dropped off the map a little bit. wasn't doing too much, so I was kind of had the suspicion that he was his health was was failing him. So I was kind of prepared for that one. But Petty was just out of nowhere um, for me. And, and you know, like you know, like we talked about, it's just that that connection that you have. You know, Tom Petty's music has been there over the past ten years. Um, you know, he's I mean, they've been doing their thing for forty years, but for me personally, over the past ten years, um, been there for the good times, the bad times, and you know, uh, I owe a lot to him uh, in, in terms of inspiration and uh, and whatnot. So uh, this one's this show's for Tom. I just want to throw that out there. For <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and you know, Tom Petty's one of those artists that I've never met a person in my life that could say they didn't like Tom Petty. Yeah, we always there we aren't always, many of those out there, but Tom yeah, we, Petty was one. <laughs> we always say. That uh, if we meet somebody and they don't like Tom Petty, we don't trust him and we can't be friends with him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, and still, still the best in my opinion, still the best Super Bowl halftime show of all time. That was back when you know after the Janet Jackson incident and before they felt comfortable bringing in half naked women to do uh, <laughs> Super Bowl halftimes yeah. again. That's when they just had a band out there to play him, the Bruce Springsteen and uh, the Who and that 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 era. Where they yeah, just... I mean, and, and Petty's in my top three. I think my top three favorite halftime shows that I've seen have been Tom Petty, Paul McCartney, and Prince. Yeah, yeah. I'd... I mean, Prince summoned forth actual rain, so there's not a whole lot that's going to beat that for me. <laughs> yeah, it's. I just, I just watched that uh, Tom Petty halftime performance the other night. I watched the Prince one not too long ago, too. I guess it was right around when he died. I watched that one, and then the performance that him and Prince did on uh, the old Beatles song, uh, As My Guitar Gently Weeps. Uh, Great stuff, but um, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. A little something outside of football. It's just been a rough week all around. Uh, But Yeah, thoughts and prayers with Tom Tom Petty's family and his bandmates and his friends. Thoughts and prayers to all those in Las Vegas and other tragedy as things continue to spiral out of control in our country. But that's why you come to us, folks. That's why you come to us, because we don't wallow in the grief. We give you football. We give you an escape. And hopefully 
as we do the show and it takes our minds off of all the negativity in the world and we can give you that same kind of feeling and get you focused on something that may brighten your day. So, Yeah, yeah, it definitely. And, you know, unless we lose to the Cowboys on Sunday, you know, 52 yeah. to nothing, you know, then, then, there'll, then we there'll don't be have to some, go there. Then there'll be some wallowing in grief coming uh, on the next episode, but uh, I find that hard to, to imagine. Um, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, let's move on. Um, get to some football. Let's get to. Uh, let's get to the uh, Week 4 NFC North Power Rankings uh, for this week. And uh, I'll go first this week. Ty, you went first last week. You started from top to bottom last week. I will start from top to bottom this week. Um, All right. I got the Packers at number one. I think they are, they are the best team in this division. I think the Lions are a close second, but the Packers are the best team in this division. And as they get healthier, they're only going to get better. Uh, and you know, and above all else, else they 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 have the they have the best quarterback in the league. <laughs> so oh, no doubt about that. It's hard to beat that. And I got the Lions at number two. Um, a nice little win over the Vikings. The Vikings lost uh, Dalvin Cook for the season uh, in that game. Uh, still no Sam Bradford. I don't know what the situation is with him, but they I think still it's got still a knee. Some problems with his knees. Yeah, it, and. You know the thing is when they when they first announced his injury, they said it wasn't anything real severe. But as time is going on, it's like, geez, when he when is he coming back? So yeah, that's something to keep an eye on uh, in terms of the Minnesota Vikings, who I have at number three this week. Um, uh, tough loss to the Lions. They lose Dalvin Cook for the season. Uh, just not looking too good for the Vikings right now. But at number four, with a well deserved. Redesignation of the term basement bears. <laughs> God. Bears, you deserve to be in the basement. And, you know, as as far as I'm concerned, as long as Danny Trevathan's still on your team, you'll be in the basement uh, for the rest of the season. I don't care who you put in at quarterback. Mitch Trubisky, uh, Rex Grossman. Uh, hell, you can bring back old uh, uh, Jim McMahon if you want to. Um, you're still going to be in the basement for me. So I got the Bears at number four this week after just being clobbered by the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night. Uh, an injured Green Bay Packers, just to put that out there. It seems as the game went on, they just keep kept losing people left and right. For real. Oh, God. And uh, so, yeah, what are your uh, week four NFC North power rankings? Well, starting at the top once again, I've got the Packers. I think, you know, as, as you said, they've got the man many consider to be the best quarterback in football. Um you know, as long as they have Aaron Rodgers, he tilts the field, and we'll dig into this game more as we go, but wow, man. They had four guards playing on that line. Four. <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers was sacked twice. And, I mean, the receiving talent is deep. Even without a true field stretcher, they are deep, and this defense continues to, to grow. I mean, I, I've got the Packers firmly at number one at this point because they are on the way to getting healthier. And, uh, hello, Piper. And they I, – I just like where they stand. I like the mini-buy they're getting right now, the chance to get guys healthier. So, number one there. At number two, I've got the Lions. I think they're the – I think they're the next closest team to being – 
a more complete team after the Packers. And I, you know, I, I, I think they're the biggest threat to try to knock them off in the division as I've thought they have been the past couple of years. And, and Matt Stafford, you know, he continues to, to play well and he's always a threat in the fourth quarter, especially the Vikings. I've got at number three, big, big injury losing Dalvin cook for the year. That takes away a huge part of their offense of what they've been trying to do and trying to establish Sam Bradford's still out with the knees you know, God knows at this point if we'll ever see Teddy Bridgewater again because no, nothing's clear there in that quarterback situation. Yeah, they've got that murky. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's it's just like a heavy fog has settled on the Vikings quarterback situation and it has just stayed. And then, well, I think a heavy fog's been on the Vikings quarterback situation well, for since, since what, Brian Tarkenton. Well, since Brett Favre <laughs> retired for good. Yeah. Uh, and then, as you said – the title is once again very well deserved at number four, the Basement Bears, who have decided to finally make the change to old Mitchell Trubisky, Closet Packers fan. And who knows? I mean, anything at this point's got to be better than Mike Glennon for them. You know, even Butterfinger got into the action on Twitter after the knee fumble and said, Butter knees? <laughs> and. You know, the Bears Twitter came back and they said, stick to candy. And then Butterfinger came back and said, stick to football. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> and then there was no reply again from the Bears Twitter account. Butterfinger just came back again and said, nothing? You, you, nothing, you got nothing? <laughs> so they're they're getting as savage as Wendy's Twitter account on that one. Yeah, really. And Shout out to is, Butterfinger. <laughs> yeah, that does it for my <laughs> NFC North Power Rankings. Yeah, uh, pretty similar, uh, or exactly similar all the way around. Uh, you know, and I think the big showdown, you know, after the Packers play the Cowboys, they play Minnesota, so that'll, that'll tell us a lot. Uh, but, you know, a lot of football, a lot of uh, divisional football left to be played. Oh, so yeah. Uh, we'll see how these power rankings go uh, as we move along. Um, but, you know, speaking of we are, you know, four games in, 25% of the season is in the books, a quarter Hard to believe. Um, but uh, just to take a quick look here at the Packers uh, through the first quarter of the season, uh, how are you feeling? Three and one? Um, what grade would you give them overall? What, what you know, if we could play an early version of first word if you want. What's the first word that comes to mind when uh, you, you think of the Packers 2017 season uh, throughout, through the first four games? Well, I mean, if I was to give a first word on the first quarter, um, at this point, considering everything, my first word is going to have to be good. You know, not not great, not amazing, not bad, but good. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot with the injuries. They've been hit hard, and I, you know, I'd rather them be hit with the injury bug at the start of the season than late in the season. So there's that. But they've overcome a lot. They still looked awful rocky against Atlanta, but you know that was kind of to be expected. Second game of the season, but good. I think and they're we had, good right now. And we had players dropping like flies in that oh, yeah, game too. Yeah. So. Yeah, but, you know, through the first quarter, I'm going to say they look good. Yeah. Uh, I guess it, just to sum up the first quarter of the season for me, it would I, my, the only word I could think of is just injuries. I think injuries yeah. have plagued this team more than any other team in the league uh, through the first four games of the season. But like you said, it's a good thing that it's in the first quarter of the season and not the back quarter of the season. 
Um, and, and luckily, none of the injuries have been season-long injuries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Season-ending injuries. you know what? Go around your houses and knock on every piece of wood you can find that we don't end up with any season-ending injuries because you have teams like Minnesota, as we just talked about, who have lost their you know one of their offensive key components, one of their stars for the season. Yeah, yeah. So luckily, it's just been just been some uh, just being banged up, some some dings, some scratches here and there. But uh, we're slowly getting back to health. Uh, we'll go over the injury report here in a second. But we're slowly getting back to health. And like I said, I think things can only go up. And the fact that we're three and one uh, after losing guys like like Mike Daniels for for the last three games, um, you know, so some real key players. But you know, as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy, the Packers always have a shot. Um, against anybody. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, for, it's an overall grade of the first half of the season. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's been good. Uh, it's been it's been a solid B for me. You know, the, the yeah. game against Atlanta, you know, it is what it is. They were opening up a new stadium, a lot of emotions. Injuries hit us hard in that game. That's our one flaw. But, you know, we played well against Seattle. Big Overtime comeback win against uh, Cincinnati with with a bunch of injuries and then just a complete beatdown of the Chicago Bears. Uh, it's it's been a nice first four games for me. Yeah, I, I would also give them a B. I think they've you know it's it's like I said, good not great, but I think there's so much potential with guys coming back from injury for this team to really just. If things happen like we know they should happen with guys getting healthy, they should tear up a lot of this league. Absolutely. And let me ask you this. This is, this is something that just popped in my head. Uh, do you think these injuries that have occurred through the first four games of the season uh, and thrust younger guys, unproven guys, into the mix to get some, some legit starting playing time, guys like Kevin King, guys like uh, Josh Jones, uh, do you think thrusting them into the situation early is going to pay dividends for us near the back half of the year when these guys are, uh, you know, basically a full season in and, and they have this extra uh, little bit of uh, uh, experience? Oh, big time. Big time. I, you know, I was hoping for these guys to get a lot of early, uh, early season experience anyways. I mean, not necessarily <laughs> – at the cost of injuries to other players. I don't wish that, but um, Kevin King has, you know, at this point, he's solidified his position, I think, as one of the two outside corners. Yeah. I think he has to. I mean, yeah, he's, he still has his bumps. He's going to because he's a rookie and he's still learning. But I like his attitude. He's excited to match up with Des Bryant on Sunday. He was excited to match up against A.J. Green. He wants the challenge. And I like that in a guy. I like a guy who wants the challenge because that's the only way you grow. Josh Jones, we've talked about him enough. He he's got superstar potential, and and that, I don't know what else you say about that guy. But this has also given us an opportunity to realize there's a lot more depth in certain areas of this team than what we thought there were. Yeah, like Lane Taylor. Yeah you know, jumping out and playing tackle. He hasn't played tackle ever. He did this guy's right. a guard. And yeah, he did all right, too. Uh, he had, yeah, he did really well, considering, oh, my God, Lane Taylor's playing tackle. And he was an undrafted <laughs> guy. And 
another observation that I wanted to uh, make note of that I actually had written down was the fact that Quentin Rollins is losing playing time every week. I'd say um, Demarius Randall is right behind him because oh uh, God, I'm it's been a long day. Now I'm I wrote it down. Josh Hawkins. He has actually looked better than both of them. Well, who hasn't? Well, I mean, yeah, you got a point there. But, I mean, for him to come in in the Bears game, and, you know, he's got really solid athleticism. He is not afraid to get out there and he and do his thing. He's, you know, from what I've seen, he's assignment sure. And then you've got Morgan Burnett, who has proven to be a, an extremely effective slot corner. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'll tell you what, looking, uh, I just, looking ahead to next year, I, I I don't see Demarius Randall or Quentin Rollins on this team next year. Um, you know, it's it's hard to imagine them being there. And Frazier even asked me on uh, Monday if who I saw getting cut at the end of the year. And I told him really early to be talking about that. That's more of a question for next offseason. Yeah. But if you had to pick, kind of looks like those two are on the block. Yeah, especially after, you know, what Randall did in the Bears game. And, of course, yeah. like you said, Rollins losing playing time. Maybe maybe Rollins could hang on and fight for a spot, you know, next offseason. But I think Randall's gone. And I'll tell you a guy that they should look – because if they're going to – you know, I think Josh Hawkins has played well. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they'll bring back Devon House or not, but you got Kevin King, a guy coming out in free agency next year that if I were the Packers, I'd take a hard look at and is probably the best slot corner – in the league is Bradley Roby from the Denver Broncos. Yeah. I think yeah. if they brought him in to play that slot corner position, Kevin King on the outside, and then either Hawkins or House or, you know, if they draft somebody, whoever on the other side, um, you know, I like that. But I just, you know, Demarius Randall, God, we'll get into him here in just a second. Well, we you know, I mean, if, Bears game. if they get to next offseason and they choose not to bring House back and they choose to, bring, to draft another corner, I think if anything, they should uh, – after this season have learned a lesson from Kevin King that if you're going to draft a guy to play corner might serve you well to draft a guy who actually plays corner <laughs> maybe they've figured that out by now man maybe they don't draft a point guard don't draft a safety and ask them both to play corner draft a corner uh but you know Ted Thompson though no, he's gonna he's gonna draft a, a sixth round wide receiver and convert him to corner and have him starting week one uh, well, you know what's going to happen. Sam Shields was a converted, undrafted wide receiver. So Yeah, but he wasn't you know, thrown into the fire, I'm, though. He was playing behind no. one of the greatest of all time in Charles Woodson. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Tremont Williams, Williams. coming into and, his own. Yeah. He, you know, he was – you know, they didn't thrust him. He, and plus, when you get to learn from a guy like Charles Woodson, you know, you have a pretty good heads up. They brought in Randall and Rollins and were just like, all right, you guys are going to play corner. Good luck. Yeah, and, and you, know. you know, who knows? It may have turned out differently had Sam Shields not suffered the the career ender on the concussion, but that's, you know, that's playing the what-if game, and that's not what we're here to do. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm here to play the what-if game. Actually, that was a segment <laughs> on the show this week. I had playing what-if. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but looking at the news, not a lot of news to talk about. Um, the one bit of news that you brought up before the show that we could we could touch on real quick is that the Packers did bring in uh, Mike Daniels' brother, Sean Daniels, 
uh, for a tryout this week. Uh, played in the Arena League. And uh, what were the teams he played for? He played for the Philadelphia Soul and the Green Bay Blizzard. So he already knows the Green Bay area, at least. Yeah, he probably are, you know. he's. But he's he, also a D-lineman, too. So, I mean, and you never know. He, he could make the team. He could make the practice squad. You know, it's bringing a guy in for a tryout. You never know how it's going to go from there. Yeah, and, you know, it, it could be... Uh, you know, a little favor to Mike. You know, yeah, we'll bring in your brother, see what he's got. Yeah. But, but you know, I think we're we're pretty okay with at the defensive line position right now. Oh, I'd say so. So, uh, like you said, probably looking for a practice squad guy, if anything. But I, I, I thought that was at least interesting that it that I didn't even know Mike Daniels had a brother that was playing football. So, yeah. learn something new every day. Yeah. Um. But looking at the injury report, though, uh, a little bit brighter uh, than weeks past. Oh, yeah. um, a lot of limited participants, a couple of full participants. Joe Thomas did not practice. Um, He's got the ankle issue. Yeah, so he, he knows what, what that's going down. But Devontae Adams with concussion, surprisingly limited in practice. We were That's very good news after uh, the hit he took. Uh, yeah, against the I mean, Bears. And they say that he was, you know, itching to get out of that hospital that night. I mean, you had Mike McCarthy saying right after the game that he had been hearing that he was giving all the hospital staff a rough way to go about letting him go home. So that's very <laughs> encouraging. He is in the concussion protocol, but they're not ruling him out for Sunday. They're also not ruling out Ty Montgomery for Sunday. Yeah, and he's got broken ribs, which I would yeah. be very surprised if they play him because Jamal Williams was a full participant with his knee. Yeah, and so he—he he looks think, like he should be ready to go. I also think if if Montgomery doesn't go, this is a good time to see what you've got in um, Jones and Devontae Mays. Yeah, that's true. They could call up Mays from the because he's on the practice squad, right? Uh, oh no! They kept him on the roster. They kept all of all three rookie halfbacks on the roster. That's right. That's right. Mays he's just been was inactive. just a game day inactive. Yeah, he's just been inactive. Um, but yeah, I, I would be very surprised if they if they brought Montgomery back, especially with broken ribs, and, and you're playing running back. You know, that's yeah. something you might want to take a little time with. And, and Devontae Adams, I would be surprised if if he played. I know it, it's surprising enough that there's a chance, especially you know after the severity that that hit looked like it was. Um, but you know that's the thing with concussions, though. It's not it's not one of those, you know. Oh, I hurt my leg and my leg is sore and it yeah. hurts. A concussion, you don't you know you, you you don't really know until you know you, you wake up in the middle of the night and you have no idea where you're at. <laughs> you know so. Um, that's you always got to be careful with that. You know the the brain is a very fragile, fragile part of the body. You don't oh, want to force anything back too quick. But uh, Bakhtiari, with his hamstring limited, uh, he looks like he has a shot to come back. Ahmad Brooks, Brian Balaga, Mike Daniels, Devon House, Nick Perry, all limited participants. Which I think Perry will play. He'll probably just suit up with the club. I suspect. Oh, yeah. And if yeah, we can get Mike Daniels back, doubt about that. If we can get Mike Daniels back for this game coming up against the Cowboys, that would be huge. Trying to shut down the the Cowboys' run game with Ezekiel Elliott. Definitely. So and, that's you know, something to really the Cowboys' keep an eye on. side of the injury report. Um, Sean Lee was a did not participate with a hamstring issue. He actually missed the game against the, against the Rams. Uh, Stephen Paella knee issue. He did not participate. 
I mean, that's some stuff to look at there. Yeah, yeah, and Sean Lee's a very good uh, linebacker. Underrated. Oh, yeah. Very underrated yeah, very linebacker, much so. too. Um, so, yeah, it's it's starting to it's starting to look up. You know, there's not, you know, these, you're get, starting to get some guys back, and it'll be interesting to see who plays on Sunday and who doesn't uh, coming off this injury list. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll discuss that when we get to the Cowboys. But before we get to the Bears and the Packers recap, you know what time it is, folks. Not a bad week for myself, if I may say so, because I, uh, I called something pretty specific on the spot last week, which I'll get to in a second. But, of course, you know what we're talking about. It's time to review our stat lines for Week 3 Bears and the Packers, or Week 4 Bears and the Packers, my bad. Um, uh, Ty, uh, your Adams, you called the touchdown on Adams. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you. I'm going to give you an asterisk on that one because of the injury. I think if a guy leaves early with an injury, you know, it's, it's hard to hold it's that against hard. you. Yeah, but you had Adams, uh, seven receptions, 102 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, only finished the game with two receptions, 13 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, you called the touchdown, so you get a half point there. I'll give you half a point. You know, I I kind of want to give myself an asterisk for everything because they started with an average field position of like the 34. <laughs> it was all <laughs> short fields. That's true. Uh, it didn't take Rodgers much. Uh, a lot less than you had him uh, predicted for. You had Rodgers going 27 of 40, 316 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, not not as busy of a night for Rodgers. He was, he was busy throwing touchdowns mostly. 18 yeah. of 26. 179 yards, four touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers uh, as he just picked apart that Bears defense. And Rodgers looked really, really sharp in this game. Uh, Oh, yeah. He was ready to go. Uh, And then you had Nick Perry, four total tackles, one sack. You did hit the tackles on the spot, four total tackles for Nick Perry, but he didn't get a sack. We didn't get to go clubbing on Thursday. Clay Matthews was busy getting the sack. Clay Matthews. uh, Franchise sack leader. Yeah. Uh, surpassing KGB, so yeah, by by a half sack. <laughs> and Clay Matthews has just been tearing it up this year altogether. Uh, I'm just waiting for his injury to to come around. You know it's coming. Oh, fingers crossed it doesn't happen. Yeah, let's hope. Um, so not a terrible week for you. Not a terrible week. Um, on my end, Piper is being really, really defiant tonight. She just really wants to be on the show. She's losing her mind. I don't know what she was doing. <laughs> Let me reprimand her real quick. Shut up. Okay. Um. Anyway, <laughs> for for my stat lines, I had Jordy Nelson seven receptions, ninety-one yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he overproduced on the touchdowns. Four receptions, 75 yards, two touchdowns for Jordy Nelson. The man just continues to get open in the end zone, and Aaron Rodgers continues to find him. Uh, Let's hope that keeps up. I think Rodgers and Jordy Nelson may be the most dangerous red zone combination in the league right now. I think so. Uh, Just, I mean, even go back to last year when with with the point. I always loved the replays of that when Jordy Nelson would just stand there, point to a spot, Rodgers would throw it, and he'd just go get it. that, that's good stuff. And then uh, I'll save my good one for last. Tariq Cohen, I, I went to the Bears side. I went to the dark side. Tried to give one of their guys a, you know, a stellar performance. A good little game. But, of course, 
As Bears fans know, the Bears will always disappoint you. Uh, I had Tariq Cohen go for seven receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Finished the game with four receptions for 24 yards uh, as we held the rookie in check uh, on that one. Um, but I got to do a little bit of gloating here with my haha Clinton Dix prediction. Yeah, I knew this was coming. <laughs> I predicted haha would finish the game with five total tackles and he would make the first interception for the Packers secondary this season. Uh, missed on the tackles. He had eight total tackles, actually, better than I projected. But guess what, folks? Ha-Ha Clinton Dix was on the receiving end of the first interception of 2017 for the Packers defense. So I will stand up, take an applause and a bow. Piper's all excited about it. She knows. Are you applauding for me, Ty? Oh, man, and... Uh... <laughs> You know, I, I take a bow to you, tip my hat to you. Thank you, a, thank you. a great call, and then, you know, they, they always talk about the turnovers come in bunches. They certainly and they did, did in this game. Kentrell Bryce <laughs> swooped in and snagged another interception. Uh-huh. Clay Matthews had the forced fumble with um, the senior, Jake Ryan, recovering that one, I believe it was. And then there was the infamous knee fumble, which mm. Blake Martinez pounced on, who, God, he just continues to impress Blake Martinez is a little Wolverine yeah <laughs> he's he's looking more beastly every week um so there's your stat lines for the Bears Packers game uh thank you ladies and gentlemen I'm sure all of you listening at home are clapping uh and applauding me and, and bowing at my feet at the moment so uh we're but not you can worthy. get up now. <laughs> but let's move on uh, let's look at the uh, let's look at the positives and the negatives of this game. The Packers win at 35-14 at Lambeau Field. A little bit of a delay for Lightning between the first yeah. and second quarters. Yeah, and you know I was worried that that was gonna let a little bit of the the air out of the tires, and it most certainly did not. So, all right, the Lightning delay. Let's get back to <laughs> football. It's a freaking zoo in this household. I swear to God. It's a freaking zoo. But the Lightning, uh, I thought would play a... Uh, I was worried that it would play a part in this game. I thought it would maybe throw the Packers off because it, it has a tendency to do that. Uh, the Packers yeah. were up like 14 nothing, uh, going from quarter one to quarter two, and then they had the... It was like an hour-long delay or something like that. So, And you know that's got to yeah. suck because you know when you're, your adrenaline's rushing and... You know, you're not really feeling anything as the game's going on. You have to go sit in the locker room for an hour, and all of a sudden you start to get tightened up a little bit, and you start to feel every every bruise and bump that you 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 got in the in the first quarter. You know. Yeah, I mean, and that that was my worry. I thought, man, they got a lead. Now they're having to go sit down. They're going to lose all their juice, and they I mean they didn't disappoint at all. They came right back out, and you know went right back to it. And, again, with all the injuries and the lightning delay and everything else, I still just think that, and and to go to Mike McCarthy's favorite word over the last two years, that goes to the grit of this team. They're a team with a lot of of heart. They can dig deep and dig their way out of any trouble. And I, I just think these early circumstances, less than ideal circumstances, especially early in the season like this on a short week in a divisional game, it's only going to help this team down the road. They're going to be more battle-tested come the end of the season than a lot of other teams will. Yeah, so I certainly hope that's the way it plays out. 
um, we get some of these bumps and bruises out of the way early and you know like you said we're a little bit more battle tested when it when it matters down the stretch um but i guess the the first and foremost thing to touch on in this game the real thing coming out i mean it it, it even ruined a touchdown for me was the hit on Devontae adams from danny trevathan yes. um for, I'm sure everybody's seen it now. They've seen it hundred times. They've heard it discussed a million times. You know, it's been a week since it happened. And I told Ty before we started recording, if we were to have recorded the show, uh, uh, you know, on Friday night or Saturday night, right after the the hit happened, uh, yeah, it it would have gotten a, a little ugly <laughs> on my part. Uh, earmuffs, children. Um, but as I've sat on it, uh, I've cooled down a little bit. Danny Trevathan did get suspended for two games. Uh, it has been reduced down to one, which... Yeah, just... I don't get it. I don't get the the reduction because, to me, to me, there is nothing in any of the videos, any clips, any anything. When you watch it at full speed or when you watch it slowed down, he had time. It was intentional. He had three steps with his head down, leading with the crown of his helmet exactly what they're told not to do. And, you know, had this been an NCAA game, he would have been ejected and faced an automatic at least one game suspension. And if the league was really serious, like they claimed to be about player safety, this I, I think this should have been at least a three-game suspension with an appeal, if if an appeal had been made, that the appeal would have failed. Yeah, this I mean, just goes all. All this says to me is the league is not as serious as they say they are about player safety. No, and I mean you know, it, you know, Jermichael Finley, uh, ass. Yeah, just stupid on Twitter. Part of the game. You're right. Hits like this are a part of the game. If you're you know, going over the middle what, trying though? to catch – when you're trying to catch something over the middle in a bang-bang situation in the, in the heat of the, the play, you know, yeah, sometimes it happens. But when that this wasn't partic- the case. No, this particular play, Devontae Adams caught the ball, fighting for a little bit of extra yards, wasn't going anywhere, stood up. Uh, the play was basically over. And then this asshead, Danny Trevathan – just comes out of nowhere, full speed, knowing what he's doing, leading with the crown of his helmet, and and tried to take out our receiver. Uh, and it just it it pissed me off, and it really does. And, and well, Trevathan, there's just no place. No, it, it, that's. <sighs> and for Finley to say that, like, dude, do you not remember the hit that ended your career? Yeah, but even even those hits were accidents. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, bang I mean, bang over the middle. But this, blah, blah, blah. this was this done was, with intent. Exactly. This was targeting. And this was a this was a me, sore loser throwing a fit on the field because his team was getting blown out. And I'm sorry, Danny Trevathan. I know you're a, you're a former UK Wildcat, and we this always is had excusable. No, yeah, this we always had uh, we always had some love for you for that reason and that reason alone. But I'm sorry, you're a sore loser. You're a shit player on a shit team who only got paid and got a big contract because you were a decent player playing on a great team. And I don't know if you've noticed or not, but the Denver Broncos haven't missed a beat since you left. So, no. uh, so yeah, you're dead to me. I don't care. <laughs> and, and you know, my thing with it is, I think this referee, the the ref from this game, is as much at fault for all of this because. I paid a lot of attention after the game. I saw the reporters' pool report from the officials, and 
it really upset me almost as much as just the hit upset me because you've got this official he's asked about you know all the the factors of it and said that well we threw the flag because uh the receiver caught the ball he made a football move and he became a runner you know that takes away the defenseless receiver penalty he became a runner but he was stood up and his forward progress was stopped 59 trevathan came in led with the crown of his helmet and made an unnecessary hit to the helmet area okay that's a good description yeah i don't have a problem with that part of it i have a problem with the question being asked after that explanation was given of is it a judgment call or a set rule on whether a player gets ejected and the referee continues to go on and say that well it's just you know the speed of the game is fast and it's really a judgment call left up to the officials that's fine i get the judgment call but then the third follow-up of what did you see or not see that allowed you to make the judgment to only throw the flag and not eject the player with his response to that question after already stating that the player came in and clearly made unnecessary contact an unnecessary hit for him to say that oh you know down there on the field i couldn't really tell or have the information needed at the time to make a judgment call on whether or not the hit was unnecessary what i mean i mean look yeah adams was a runner at that point and you know trevathan says i was just trying to make a play i understand that maybe he'd fumble but you know what you guys are losing anyway what 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 Mike Glennon's going to come out and throw another interception, probably. But still, that there's no room for that. Well, you to know, me, it, nearly the entirety of the Bears roster, before anybody decided to show any concern outside of Packers players, were celebrating the hit and smiling yeah. and laughing about the hit. And it's like, really? Are you guys all not part of the same players' union? I get there's a lot of animosity here, and it's a rivalry game, but come on. You know, and to be honest with you, the what probably pissed, pisses me off a little bit, not, not as much, but, you know, it still pisses me off. It pisses me off. Does it piss you off that, that no Packers player got any sort of revenge? Or I mean, you're up, you're winning the game 35-7 to at that point. The game's over. I was expecting Martellus Bennett or somebody to, to go f- take out somebody's legs. You know, that's, that's... You know, yes, yes and no, because, I mean, for all we know, the coaching staff could have been communicating to the players all the way down the line to not retaliate. That's That just and, comes and off granted, as soft to me. I don't give a damn. I this, mean, this, the Packers that's, have that's this the stigma. Thing. The Packers I, already I have this stigma that they're a soft team, and when every player on your team's going down with injury every week, you already have this stigma, and somebody takes advantage of one of your star players like that, and then just you know, and just continues to talk shit after the fact. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Martellus Bennett or one of the linemen, somebody should have got up and just I'm surprised Bennett didn't. Bennett is the I one I'm surprised too. didn't take take offense to it i can tell you this much he may be a lion now but if tj lang was still part of this team something would have gone down oh yeah i was thinking about this the other day you know who i regret not seeing in a packers uniform in his in his career who steve smith yeah if steve smith was on that field that night and and somebody hit adams like that his teammate steve smith would have threw would have threw would started throwing fists (laughs) you that's, know that's true 
Yeah, Steve Smith didn't take it off anybody. No. Um, he was a bad dude. But, you know, dude. that's also a thing where they're also trying to change the culture. We're 90s kids. We grew up in an era where they still fought, where you still had Brett Favre getting in Warren Sapp's face and smacking him in the face mask. It's like, I mean, that's like a firefighter trying to whoop Godzilla with a fire hose. It's not <laughs> not going to end pretty for the smaller guy usually, but Favre had no fear, and that was still an era when that stuff was acceptable. Yeah, but, it doesn't but, work you know, that way anymore. This, this, I mean... It does fall in line with Packers Bears history. Just, oh yeah! I mean, you go all the way back to the—I uh, don't even remember who the player was, who the quarterback was when the Packer, after the throw, just picked up that Bears quarterback and dropped him on the shoulder, broke his See, shoulder. I think it was Jim McMahon was the quarterback. I don't was remember it who the Packer player was now, though. But the I don't even know the pile driver. Yeah, yeah, I do think it was McMahon. It was nasty. Yeah, and that's... I mean, it's always been nasty. I mean, you got stories of, you know, guys talking about, you know, Jim Taylor talking about people biting him and... Oh, yeah. Jim Taylor biting people and people <laughs> trying to go for each other's eyes and whatnot. I mean, it's it's nasty. I mean, people like to always think about Steelers-Ravens in the modern NFL as, you know, this fierce, nasty rivalry where they don't like each other, but that is really on its way back with Packers-Bears, and I like it. But yeah, I don't like dirty hits. I like animosity between rivals, but I don't like dirty hits. So yeah, but that that, that the hit on Adams uncalled for. Just yeah, you know it's to me it was a guy who was getting embarrassed on national television, taking out frustration. And if you can't be a professional and and handle an ass whooping every now and then, you don't need to be playing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you went to the Bears in free agency. How did you not know this was a very real possibility? <laughs> this was, uh, you know. I mean, you chose to go there. You chose the possibility that you were going to get your ass handed to you by Aaron Rodgers. You knew that you were not walking into a game against Green Bay with the Denver defense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's. I don't know. I I still think the two games suspension should have held up, but like like we said, I don't. Yeah. I don't think the league is as serious as they try to pretend to be about player safety. It's all about the bottom line for them, and you know they want to they want to make a statement and say, yeah, he's been suspended, he's been punished. Uh, we gave him two games, but he got it reduced down to one, and it's like, come on. Well, Stop. whatever. Yeah, it's it's nonsense. But something else that pissed me off in this game, and, and I'll tell you somebody else who's dead to me, Demarius Randall. Oh, after, God. After giving up the touchdown to Kendall Wright, uh, just uh, just bad coverage all around, uh, gets benched and decides to take his ball and go home, literally. Yeah, I mean, he sat on the bench. He pouted. He whined. Got sent to the locker room, apparently, and then left. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was at work. I was trying to follow the game as best I could on Twitter. And, you know, the updates were great. I did it through my Bleacher Report app, too. So that was fun. But to see tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet, all of them about, like, I can't find Demarius Randall. He's not injured. We don't know where Demarius Randall is. Does anybody know where Demarius Randall is? What happened? And then to find out that he just got all pissy and left the stadium. I hope they cut him after the end of the season. I do. 
I think because this is uh, there's no I have no tolerance for that kind of shit. No, and and not only that, he's just he's been on my bubble for a while. Sleevey Wonder yeah. has been on my bubble well, for a while, just because man. he sucked last year, and then and then he tries to blame it on injuries and blah blah blah. Well, you're not hurt now. Yeah, you're fine now, and you and you still suck. So they bench your ass and and, and and send you to the locker room, and you and you go home. You literally take your ball and go home. And the touchdown he gave up was just awful. Yeah. I mean, did you did you like watch the film specifically around that play? Uh, I, I, I saw the play, I mean, but I didn't dissect it or anything. I just know Kendall Wright, who's not the greatest receiver in the world, got wide yeah. open in the end zone. And, and that's why I was curious. How did Kendall Wright get that wide open? on a guy who's supposed to be a first-round pick talent. And and this wasn't even like we know, were asking him to it, cover Des Bryant on the outside. Either. This is no. his natural position, covered on the inside. And he and still sucks. It was man coverage. That was very clear. They were lined up in man coverage, as this team does. They're a man coverage team. Everyone else is up in the line pressing their man. Demarius Randall's doing his same old thing, playing like six yards off for whatever reason he likes to do that. Well, he can't play. He can't and play press. Then he. It, it's clear just looking at the lineup. It is clear as daylight. He does not have help to the outside. They're lined up. They're not passing their man off. They're playing press. There's no help to the outside. If anything. There may be safety help inside. Maybe. Demarius Randall, at the snap of the ball, gives up outside leverage to guard on the inside as if he's got outside help. Dude, this is your third year. That was basic man coverage. Why are you giving up the outside in the in the red zone to a possible corner out? It's it's basic. That's high school. I I have no idea. He he just looked confused, and he and as soon as the touchdown, as soon as Wright caught the touchdown, he just looked behind him and started throwing a fit. Like, where were you at? And it's like, like, dude, that was on you. Yeah, one hundred percent. That I, was no one's fault but your own, and he can't handle it. I mean, he just and now he's attacking the reporters this week, talking about, well, I don't know what happened. Apparently, all y'all know what happened, so maybe I should be asking the question about what happened. Like, come on, man. You're still being a baby. I mean, that's just, that's what he's been. Uh, outside of his rookie year, where he looked like he had potential, and, my God, from last yeah, year and going into this year. we tried to give year. him a break last year because of the injuries. We did. Yeah. We tried, we, we've tried not to make the same mistake that we made with... Devonte Adams, which we're still apologizing for, <laughs> but, but I don't. I don't think this is the case, though. I think no, <laughs> I don't either. At this point, we're at the quarter point of the season. He's healthy. He's been healthy all year, and it's like you, there are no more excuses, man. Well, there if just aren't. if there's one defense of Demarius Randall, and and if this, do you think the Packers? are somewhat to blame because they drafted him, tried to put him, play him at the position that he's not familiar with, not comfortable with, not suited for. You know what, uh, man? As as lost as he looks, I don't think it matters because he does. He just looks lost. Like, he doesn't know the play calls. He doesn't know what his assignment is. But how much of I that mean, is just a, just a loss of confidence 
Uh, you know, once you going through what what he went through last year and all the scrutiny and and it's like, how much is that just a loss of confidence after a while? Well, I, I don't know, man. They're a sports psychologist. Go talk to one if that's the issue. <laughs> go sit I mean, on, I, go lay on a couch for a little bit, man. Yeah, I mean, you're getting paid this money. You're a first round pick, and you sure run your mouth like you've got a lot of confidence. I mean, don't talk the talk if you're not going to come out here and walk the walk with it to get you know all old school on this. But yeah, but I, I mean, I, just, I guess at the same time, it's like I'm running out of patience with him. Oh, I am too. But I, I still think there may be a little bit of blame to go around to to the Packers as well because it's kind of it's kind of like it's it's kind of like hiring an accountant and then telling them to go fix your toilet and then when they can't figure it out you're all they get is I don't know man I mean you know it's not like they drafted a guy with zero corner experience because though he was primarily safety at Arizona State he did play corner at times and they've even moved him to the slot which is supposed to be more natural and more comfortable for him and honestly to me I think I don't think you have that many excuses when Joe Witt Jr. is your coach. That man, yeah. I think, will end up being a head coach in this league before it's all said and done at some point. And as good as a cornerback's coach as he is, I just don't think... I think at this point, I mean, it, it's your third year, and he does not have the injury history that Nick Perry did even going into his third year to be, you know, oh, well, maybe he'll be a late bloomer if he can just get healthy. He was healthy his rookie year, showed great potential. We gave him a pass last year because he really did deal with injuries, but I, I'm i not prepared to give him that pass because, to me, there are no excuses at this point, and you're a professional. If you're having that much trouble, put in the extra work. We see guys do it all the time. You don't show up, be the first one there and the last to leave. Do the work. And if his attitude is anything to go off of, I don't think he's doing that. Maybe he is. I don't know. Maybe he's just not good enough. But just to go off his attitude and the way that his play has not improved, I can't imagine him being the first to arrive and the last to leave. Yeah, I, I would be very shocked from what I've seen. I, I just think, I just think the Randalls and Rollins experiment is over. <laughs> I yeah. think, you know, if, if anything, Randall will be cut. Rollins, who knows? Maybe he'll find a spot next year as the fifth corner or something. You know, yeah, who knows? But I just think Randall's got the type of attitude that can turn toxic in the locker room real fast. Yeah, especially after, especially after his outburst in this last game, that that was the death knell for me. I've been trying yeah. to give the guy the benefit of the doubt going back to I when mean, we so played. Why? Yeah, um, you definitely have you more so than I have. Uh, you know, going back to the title town tender when when we brought up Randall, you were still ready to swipe uh, right or whatever the hell it was, swipe right I mean, on I did. him. I I just I really wanted. I really wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt with the injury because it was a groin injury that's hard to come back from because no soft tissue injury is the same. And I just I just felt like he had the potential, but I just, I just don't know anymore. He's going to have to really show me some sharp improvements in the coming weeks for me to change my tune at this point. 
I don't see it. Uh, I don't I, either. And I honestly don't get. I don't. I don't care. Uh, you know, I think Kevin King is is what this should be the focus of who should be the starting quarter yeah. going forward. And House is coming back, um, so I think we'll be fine. Uh, but you know, running along a little bit here. Uh, just so much to talk about. Just on two topics coming out of this game. Just very, yeah. very much talked about topics. I, I'm sure everybody's already tired of hearing about throughout the week. But I just want to get our two cents in. What else in this game stood out to you, positive or negative, uh, outside of the the Adams hit and the Randall temper tantrum? Um, well, I mean, as I mentioned earlier in the show, the play of the offensive line. I mean, they had four yeah, guards yeah, out there, guys playing out of position all over the place. That was a big positive to me. I mean, they were playing as a mash unit. Aaron Rodgers was only sacked twice. And I have to tip my hat to McCarthy for, for that partially because he did exactly the type of thing that we've been clamoring for him to do for so long. And it's like, okay, he didn't just try to bomb it deep. He didn't call for all these long dropbacks the whole game. It was a very short, quick, efficient passing game that – really did a lot to nullify the Bears' pass rush. Yeah, it really did. And, and like like I touched on, Rodgers looked extra sharp in oh, this yeah. game. I think he knew he was going to have to be with the, the injuries in the offensive line. And as the game went on, the, the injuries that continued to pile up, especially uh, with the running backs. Montgomery goes down first with the rib injury. He was already dealing with a wrist injury. Uh, from the week before. But, oh, God, the toughness of Montgomery, though. They said he broke those ribs on the first play of the game and he gutted it out for four more carries. Mm. Man, that, that's – I couldn't even imagine. I feel like if I had broken ribs, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to just move. Well, I mean, not only that, <laughs> but, I mean, he was averaging almost six yards a carry. Yeah. With broken ribs. Yeah, so. this run game was cooking. On that first drive, that very first drive, the run game yeah, the run game was cooking. And uh, – Montgomery goes down. Williams comes in and gets injured with the knee injury. And in steps Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, who comes in, gets the first touchdown of his career, and plays a pretty damn good game uh, yeah, I mean, behind he, a banged-up like offensive a very line. very natural runner. Yeah, and I was surprised because I didn't – you know, this the fact the uh, – extra yards he would get after contact because I always thought Man. I was figured he'd be more of a of the speed guy something like that but he he ran tough he's got a great burst great burst coming out of the backfield and he can get to the edge oh yeah I, mean, I think I think he's a guy who I'm gonna be pretty excited to see what they do with him in the future because I think he gave them enough to warrant them looking at him for more plays yeah, and I think we might get our opportunity to see more of him uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, yeah. Depending on the uh, injury situation going into the Cowboys game, he could be starting, uh, believe it or it's not. It's possible. Yeah. Um, there's even talk of the Packers bringing in another running back this week. Um, I don't know how serious it was, but those rumblings were out there. Um well, God, not Adrian Peterson. I'm tired of that talk already. People need to stop clamoring for them to trade for <laughs> Peterson. He's averaging three yards a carry. Just stop it, stop it, stop it. The game last week, Peterson, when the, the Saints and Dolphins game, Peterson ran four times for four yards. There you have it. There you go. And he can't pass protect to save his life. So Yeah, that was never his strength. definitely don't need so. that. 
No, but the name that was bounced around that I heard was Ryan Matthews. Matthews is still out there. Oh, really? For a team, yeah. So huh. that that might be uh, interesting. I don't know if that'll that'll take place, but it, I thought that was an, an interesting name to bounce around. Uh, uh, I, I think this team will do everything they can to see what they can get out of the rookies before they'll bring in anybody from the outside at this point. Yeah, I do too. Um, but outside the running game, uh, Jordy continues to rule. <laughs> and, you know, I saw a stat that is just mind-boggling with Jordy Nelson, and it, it doesn't just concern this game. I mean, it's just touchdown-related. Since 2000, I think it's 2014, 2014 or 15, he is third in the league overall in touchdown catches behind Odell Beckham Jr. and I think think julio jones i believe and Sounds he missed right. all he missed an entire season well how many touchdowns did he i mean the the year before he got hurt which i guess was 2014 he caught double digit touchdowns yeah he gets hurt comes back last year double digit touchdowns so that, you know it doesn't surprise me and how many does he have already this year five or six uh jordy nelson jordy nelson jordy nelson what, what do you have this year jordy I'll tell you real quick. If Pretty sure it's five or six already in four games. If NFL.com wants to cooperate with me. Oh, don't don't hold your breath on that one. Yeah. Yeah, he he has five on the season so far. Five and four games. So if he yeah. so if he keeps up on this pace, he'll he might uh break uh Randy Moss's uh single season touchdown record this year. And you know what? <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. You touched on it, man. Jordy and, and Rogers in the red zone are a deadly combination. Uh, so I wouldn't be shocked if he did that. Uh, you know, I'd be surprised. I don't think and, I'd be and, shocked. You no, know, I mean, we've talked about, no, he's not the deep threat that he used to be. I mean, because I, I think it was, see, 2012 through 2014, he averaged over 15 yards a catch. 2011, that, that big year, he averaged 18.6 yards a catch. We saw a little bit of the drop-off last year because the ACL was 13, and right now he's averaging 12.1 yards a catch. Mm-hmm. But even still, he's averaging that, but he's got five touchdowns on the season already. Yeah, he, he caught a deep one uh, against the Bears, and that Rodgers just threw it up, and he came back for it between yeah, two defenders. Yeah, big 58-yarder. Yeah, they tripped over each other, and he he could have scored on that one if he if he could figure out you know which way the Bears were tripping over each other. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny because he was just like he was like just standing there waiting to see okay uh, this one's going to trip over this one's dick and I'm going to go this way and I'll yeah. So uh, I thought that was that was funny. That was funny stuff. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He put the moves on him. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know Bennett, we finally saw Aaron Rodgers hit Martellus Bennett for a a big. It wasn't, you know, no 50-yard catch, but it was a really big – it seemed like a really big 26-yarder. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, as the season goes, that chemistry is only going to get better, so that's something to definitely keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But, yeah, I guess outside of that, you know, know, in terms of negatives, you know, how many negatives do you have for a 35-14 blowout? Not many. Yeah, I think the biggest negatives were just uh, Demarius Randall, the hit on Adams, and then just the injuries that uh, that occurred in this yeah. game. Um, but outside of that, you know, this was a a, a pretty uh, pretty easy night for the Packers uh, against the Bears, uh, which 
you know, I, I kind of felt going in, I felt like them coming off the overtime win, the the way that they did, the the big comeback win that they had, uh, I felt like they'd be riding pretty high off that one. So I, I really didn't suspect the Bears uh, to put up too much of a fight. Although the Bears were nah. coming off of an overtime win themselves, but I think that was a little bit more of a... Well, I mean, I think it's actually a more impressive win because of what the Bears did to the Steelers with that running game, and we held them to, I think, 3.4 yards a carry on the night. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I read the. Uh, That's another big positive. Yeah, the Tariq Cohen uh, stat in terms of receiving. You know, he he's been catching eight or nine balls all through each game throughout the season. We held him in check. Uh, Jordan Howard did score the touchdown at the end, which, which I was okay with because he's on my fantasy team and I I needed the points. I still lost, but. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, they gave up the touchdown run to him. But in terms of a sustained rushing attack. Yeah, you know, the Packers, you know, they're not giving up much. The Packers are really good against the run with or without Mike Daniels. And that was a, yeah, a point we, uh, we discussed last week on if they would be able to slow down this rushing attack without Mike Daniels, and they haven't missed a beat. I think their league rank is uh, – I think the, the league rank is really misleading because they rank 19th in the league against the run with like 111 rush, uh, rush yards a game. But – Okay, they've given up some yards in a couple games, but honestly, man, they they've been pretty stout with an undersized, you know, traditionally undersized defense playing almost exclusively out of the nitro. They did play a lot of base against the Bears, which they could afford to with Mike Glennon playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. It won't be the same against the Cowboys, but here's the thing: is they've gotten faster, smaller players on the field with Morgan Burnett, Josh Jones, Kentrell Bryce, those guys being out there. The addition of Kevin King sacrificing just a little bit in that run game and that run defense, which they're still proven to be effective. Mm-hmm. Their pass defense has gone up from near the bottom of the league last year to ranking fifth in the league in pass yards given up by a defense this year with 188.5. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> That's and a pretty granted, big league. I mean, we've, we've played Seattle who has their issues. We've played Cincinnati and we've played Chicago and then we, you know, you have the Atlanta game, but even still, still the way the secondary played last, last year, year, the way the secondary was, I don't give a damn who was playing against. I mean, you go back yeah. and look at Matt Barkley when we played the Bears. Yeah, it didn't matter. Torch this defense, so so there you have it. I mean, <laughs> they're sixth. They're they're sixth in the league right now in total yards given up a game. Fifth against the pass, nineteenth against well the run, and with I, injuries. I still think that yeah, and I still think that rush defense ranking is very misleading for yeah i do the too I, I, I don't know because I, I know we we pretty much held the seahawks to nothing on the ground uh i didn't think you know the falcons they had they were pretty successful on the ground against us but i, I, I mean it was the atlanta game really that's the one that yeah. really uh hurt that ranking but we gave up a couple of we gave up a couple of big runs in the Bengals game but yeah. otherwise than that it was you know a bunch of nothing uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about the run defense. And as long as they keep doing what they're doing, keeping teams a little more one-dimensional and forcing teams to try to pass, because, like I said, it's it's very misleading, and the pass rush is only helping the coverage. Yeah. Yeah, and the pass rushers look good. Clay Matthews is yeah. 
still humming, like we said. Well, and they're they're not having to depend on just Clay Matthews. They're getting it from Clay Matthews. They're getting hurries from Nick Perry, Ahmad Brooks. Blake Martinez. Uh, Blake Martinez. Even Kenny Clark. You know, yeah. you got Kenny Clark and, and Dean Lowry that can provide it. And then when Mike Daniels comes back. When Daniels comes back, man, that's if he that's going to transform this defense. Yeah, if he comes back healthy, uh, the the front three with with Dean Lowry and Kenny Clark and and Mike Daniels with that that extra push in the middle. Because in years past, you know, our our outside linebackers, our pass rushers are able to to get around the, the offensive tackles, but it's like when they get around, yeah. the quarterback has all the room. Uh, in the world to just step up and, and, and avoid the pressure. That's not going to be the case this year, you know, if, you know, things continue yeah. uh, with, you know, the way Mike Daniels played in week one. If he can continue off that coming back from injury, which is a big if, you know, you don't know how long this injury is going to linger for, you know, especially when you're playing in the trenches and your whole job is yeah. to use your legs to, to push 300-pound men around. So, yeah, we'll see. A lot, a lot of football to be played. Like I said, only we're only four games in, and um, you know we got the Cowboys next, so we'll uh, we'll move on from the Bears. But before we move on from the Bears and and take our uh, fake sponsor break and come back and talk about the Packers and the Cowboys, uh, it's time for our first word, which is the final word on the Bears uh, the Bears Packers game from Thursday night. And uh, Ty, I will let you go first. Uh, give me your first word. And I'll, I'll tell you the first thing that pops into my head. All right, Mike. I feel like I've got a pretty decent one for you this week. One that you may or may not expect coming from me. But Let's see. I want to get your first word on Lane Taylor for the Packers-Bears game and his performance at left tackle. Um, worthy. I like it. And I'll tell you why. Lane Taylor just got signed to a brand-new contract a few weeks back. Uh, undrafted guy, come in, uh, down on the depth chart, worked his way up, and uh, got the starting left guard spot and got a new contract. And he's earned, <laughs> I would say, every penny of it already just from going outside oh, yeah. and playing oh, left I mean, tackle. He replaced Josh Sitton. Yeah, replacing Josh Sitton, which was a, you know, a a big concern. Tall task. Yeah, a yeah. very tall task. But he came in, didn't miss a beat. Um, and, and just his performance against the Bears playing at left tackle, I'd say uh, that money was worth every penny uh, on this guy. And uh, I, I see nothing but good things for him going forward. Your word is worthy. I like it. I, I think it's worthy of very that con- He's playing worthy of that contract that he signed. Uh, but my first word for you, I want to get your first word, your take on Aaron Jones, the running back who stepped in and, and played very well. Uh, my first word on Aaron Jones, the first thing that comes to mind for me is more. I want to see more of Aaron Jones. Yeah. He looks like a really natural runner. He's got great bursts to the edge. That was one thing that really stood out for me, and you mentioned it. He's surprisingly good at digging for those extra yards. Mm-hmm. When you think of him as more of a, a you know a quickness type of guy, but man, he just and he bowled his way in there for that touchdown. You know, you could tell he was feeling it, and I want to see more. I like it. I think we will see more because I definitely want to see more as well. 
Uh, and I wouldn't mind seeing Devontae Mays either. <laughs> seeing what we got with him, we, we might will. have four. <laughs> we, we might have four legitly, you know, legit good running backs on this team. Um, I don't think that's ever happened before. I so. don't think so either. Um, but there you go, folks. First word to wrap up week four: Bears and the Packers. It's time to move on to week five: Packers at the Cowboys on Sunday afternoon. Uh, will this be a revenge game for the Dallas Cowboys? Or will the Packers go into Dallas in Jerry World and spoil the Cowboys' home game once again and send every Cowgirl fan home crying? Oh, I hope so. But we'll discuss that and uh, get you set for everything for this game coming up after a word from our fake sponsors. Hey, honey, should we sell our old car trade it in on the new one? Why don't you donate it to Rawhide? Donors get a full tax deduction for cars, trucks, boats, or campers. Plus, the Boys Ranch gets needed income when they're sold. To get a map of over 200 collection sites across Wisconsin, just call this toll-free number, 1-800-221-AUTO. Bart Starr's in our medicine cabinet. Wow, I heard he moved. We are back. 
here on Blue Cheese Radio. And uh, during the break, off the air, <laughs> me and Ty were about to get into a conversation uh, about old Superman himself, Cam Newton. <laughs> and what went down today? Uh, was, I would, I, that was today, right? Or was it yesterday? Um. Well, technically it was yesterday, but yeah, today... Uh, he he just doesn't know when to shut his mouth. He really doesn't. <laughs> and what was the context? The well, um, the woman was asking this, about she and she works for I think it's the Charlotte Observer. She covers football. That's her job. Yeah. So we got to make that clear. She. It's not like she's not knowledgeable. This is her job. And, and it was a good question too, a well articulated yeah, question. Him about uh, one of his receivers, I can't remember the exact question, but she asked him about. It was about one of his Devin Funches and, and his route yeah, running and uh, his ag- aggressive route running, enjoying the physicality of his route running. And Cam Newton's response, he gave her a full response, but he started his response with. That's funny, a female asking about routes or talking about routes. Like, it's funny. (laughs) Why is it funny? I I just... He's just such an idiot. You know what? I dare Cam Newton to sit down with my wife for 30 minutes, and she will school him on the game in ways he's never been schooled. (laughs) Trying to act like women don't know football. I mean... It's just a stupid thing to say. I mean... Even if you're joking or whatever, you're trying to make a joke out of it. Like in this climate, in this day and age, like you know, you're just gonna get shit for something for saying something like that. Well, not only that, but I mean, it's no secret that a lot of women have had a very hard time in a professional sports environment, being a reporter or anything of that of that matter, and especially to to make a comment that. You know, in a, in a way, demeans a person for trying to do their job, something they've been doing for quite some time and are very good at. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, it's not okay. And then Roddy White opened his stupid mouth on Twitter, trying to say that it was funny. <laughs> I mean, who do you play for now, right? Yeah, exactly. But I'm just gonna find and, it and funny then, when when the Panthers are playing a game and the. The female referee, uh, I can't oh, think of God. her name. She throws a flag, and he can look at her and be like, oh, yeah, that's, that's funny, a woman throwing a flag. Yeah, like, then she'll throw the hat off and throw him out of the game. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be good. I would be fine and, with that. And my thing with it is, too, is that it would be one thing if he apologized, and the Panthers media spokesperson actually tried to say that he did speak with her after the press conference and apologized to her, and she which has only been reported. Yeah. by the Panthers. And the NFL, on their, their article about this, did not report this part of the story. She has said that he did not, in fact, apologize at all and actually said other things to her that she did not want to repeat. To yeah, people. she said it was worse. Yeah, that he did not think what he did was wrong. He said worse things to her, and she did not a, a, receive an apology. And... Uh, if I was anybody in the Panthers organization higher up, I'd be sitting that dude down, and being like, "Look, we can't have this." 
Yeah, I mean, how bad is it when you're the face of your franchise, the the franchise quarterback? Like, look, Cam Newton lost all respect for me for what for the Super Bowl performance when he wouldn't go after the his fumble, wouldn't go after his fumble because he was yeah. afraid he was might get hurt in the final game of the year, the Super Bowl. Everything is team, you know. You work all year to get there. You get there and you won't fall on a fumble because you're afraid of getting hurt. And then afterwards in the press conference, just acting like a complete bitch and then walking off. And, and yeah. it's just like, dude, the, A, the NFL is trying to make you the face of the league. Oh, they've been trying hard. They're trying. But and this is not his first instance with a sexist comment either. I mean, just in that Super Bowl press conference you're referencing, he actually said, you know, he called the reporter sweetheart. <laughs> Dude. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not a Cam Newton fan. I no. just, it really, it, it doesn't shock me. It just, he just, you know, the comments just rub me the wrong way. Especially being someone who is is married to someone who does know the game. I mean, that's part of the reason the night that we met, and we've talked about my wife on the show before, Shelby, who is Mike's sister. The night I met her, she told me she liked the Packers, and I thought, oh, okay, you got this girl here. She's, she'll be able to tell me who Aaron Rodgers is. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, name me a player other than the quarterback. She proceeds to name me the starting 11 on the defense. It's like, oh. <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. So, well, Ty, you can thank me for that one. Oh, yeah. So you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, she she knows her stuff. and She does. A lot of women do now. There are a lot of women love football, and they know the game just as well as a lot of men do. And many of them know the game more. And you got a lot of men trying to defend Cam Newton right now saying like, oh, well, she could never really know the game because she's never played in the NFL. I bet a lot of these same men get a lot of their NFL news from Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen, two of men who have never played it down in their life in the NFL. Yeah. So, and they are as, as reputable of NFL sources as there have ever been. So don't play that card. I mean, we just had to get this out there, people. Yeah, and now that we've established the fact that I am the sole reason for uh, you and uh, my sister's marriage, um, (laughs) (laughs) I will accept gifts on on your part at at any time. Uh, Thank you, gift. Uh, That's that's fine. Uh, But let's move on. Uh, Packers and Cowboys this Sunday. um, Always... Always a heated matchup when the Packers and the Cowboys are going all the way back to the Ice Bowl. Even before that, uh, yeah, championship game before the Ice Bowl when the Packers beat the yeah, Cowboys. This is a long. It, the Bears and the Packers are the oldest rivalry in football. The Packers and Cowboys, it's a pretty old rivalry as well. well it's always been personal. Yeah, always been personal because you got to remember when the Cowboys were just that upstart <laughs> team. Their first coach, old Landry himself. He was the coach of the defense when Lombardi was the coach of the offense for the Giants before he took the Packers' job. And Lombardi was always determined that my Packers will not lose to Landry's Cowboys. It's always been personal. Yeah, and I mean, going all the way up uh, through the 90s, Favre Favre versus uh, Troy Aikman and uh, those matchups, which the Cowboys got the better end of that uh, for the most part, but... 
as time's gone on, it's kind of the pendulum has gone back and forth. I think the Packers have kind of had the better of the of the Cowboys over the past decade or so. Uh, so it's you know you go back to the the catch or the, the was it a catch wasn't a catch with Des Bryant and you know that added a little fuel to the fire and then and then last year with the the, the sideline catch with Aaron Rodgers and Jared Cook that added a little fuel to the fire. Um, so it's it, it's it could get chippy in this game. It's it's a it's it's a you know it's only week five and you know the Cowboys are two and two, the Packers are three and one. Uh, this could go a long way in terms of playoff seeding. Um, you know it's it's another one of those big games, kind of like the Falcons game, the Seahawks game. Uh, it could play a big part in in how the the playoffs shake out for for both of these teams. Um, but looking at storylines of this game. Um, you know, this could be a revenge game for the Cowboys. The Cowboys, this could be one of those games the Cowboys circled on their calendar uh, for how their season ended last year. it's certainly one that I circled on the calendar. Yeah, yeah. And, and if I remember correctly, this is one of the games you had the Packers losing uh, in our... I did, but I don't know, man. I just got a feeling about this game. Well... I, I had them circled losing, but I'd love to be wrong. Well, I think the big X factor going into this game, and I think it's pretty obvious, is is uh, health. You know, how healthy will the Packers be for this game? Uh, If they can get back to... Health in the legal system. (laughs) (laughs) That too. Um, But on our end, I don't think, you know, the legal system's not playing a part uh, for the Packers at all. No. But, uh, you know, on our end, the health of of guys like Mike Daniels and David Bakhtiari, some key players, guys that we're really going to need in this game, especially Daniels to to help stop the run and uh, go up against that vaunted Dallas Cowboys offensive line. Uh, how healthy do you think the Packers will be for this game? Who do you see playing? Who do you don't? Who do you think will will miss this game? Um, you know, that's 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 been the big question since uh, since week two. Uh, for the- I mean, I, I think we actually go into this game relatively healthy in comparison to what we have been. I could see both tackles being back for this game, and you know, everybody in the line getting back to their their spot. That would be big. Uh, yeah, that would be huge. Uh, I could I could see that. I I think Devontae Adams, his health is up in the air. Whether or not he clears concussion protocol before. Uh, a decision has to be made and Ty Montgomery with the ribs I know he wants to play there's a chance that he plays but I I could see the team being a little more careful with him yeah if he does play at all I think it would be in very limited action but uh and then Mike Daniels Mike Daniels is the one that I think the most important piece out of everything at this point to get back as far as for, you know, especially the defense. Yeah, I think so, too, because, you know, the, we, we all know the Cowboys are going to want, want to run the football, and we've talked yeah. about it. The the Packers have been, you know, the stats don't tell the whole story. The Packers have been pretty good against the run. They're going to have to be in this game. They're going to have to force Dak Prescott to beat him, and, and, and Dak can, you know, Dak has played well this season. Yeah, he's not been bad, and that's the thing, like we talked about with the Bears. They were able to play, uh, huh, I can't talk, play a lot of their base 3-4 against Chicago mm-hmm. because they didn't really have to fear Mike Glennon. They're not going to be able to do that in this game. I you know, I think there's going to be a whole lot of nitro, probably nitro for the whole game, 
And if Mike Daniels comes back for this game, that's going to go a long ways in allowing them to play the Nitro the whole game. Yeah, especially if he comes back 100%. If he's out there at 80%, yeah. you know, they, they, then, you know, who knows what happens. Um, but, you know, I, I like uh, – I'm already going to tell you, I'm just going to reflect in my stat lines for this game. I think Josh Jones is set for a big game. Uh, I, I would totally agree with that. I, I think he's going to play a big part. But I think the big matchup that uh, has already been talked about throughout this week that – you know, last year, going back to last year's playoff game, Des Bryant just smoked this secondary uh, for a great part of that game. And it looks like they're going to be matching Kevin King, the rookie up against Des Bryant uh, in this game. Do you think Kevin King can hold his own with Des Bryant? And, I think and so. And to add on to that, do you think Des Bryant is still an elite wide receiver in this league? Because that's been a point Ooh, of question I, as well. I was really afraid you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> um you know, I think Kevin King can hold his own. You know, we mentioned it earlier. He relishes the challenge. He welcomes the challenge. That's how you grow. Mm-hmm. He held his own against Julio Jones. And I think at this point, to answer your other question, I don't really think Des Bryant is in the same class as the guys like Julio Jones and A.J. Green and Odell Beckham anymore. Yeah, I, I do not either. I think Des Bryant is a dangerous red zone threat. But in oh, terms definitely. of being, he's huge for one. I mean, he's big and he's strong. Yeah, yeah, and you know he's. But in terms of route running and just pure speed and everything you look for, and and you know the top tier wide receivers, I don't yeah. I don't see that in Des Bryant anymore. I know he played well last year in the playoff game. He really, you know, took the Packers secondary to school. But you know yeah, you got to look at it, who he was, you know, who we were playing. Yeah, I mean, our number one corner in that game is no longer with the team. Exactly. <laughs> Although he probably should be over a couple of the guys we still have, but you know that's another discussion. And <laughs> you, you I think lying. Kevin King is is going to be unlike anyone Des Bryant's really played against in the league because he's such a he's a unique talent. He's fast. He's pretty agile for especially for being how tall he is, and he's tall. Mm-hmm. He's he can go up and get a ball, and he's got this just massive pass defense radius because of how long he is. Yeah, and I think, you know, you look at the history, Des Bryant has struggled against cornerbacks, and I'm not putting Kevin King in, in this category quite yet, yeah. but he's struggled against cornerbacks that are built like Kevin King. Tall, fast, you know, guys that can match up with his size and, and speed. Uh, and that's the big thing, is matching up with his size. Yeah. Yeah, you look at how he's played against guys like Josh Norman, Richard Sherman, uh, uh, what's the what's the guy in New York? Uh, Janoris Jenkins. Yeah. Tall, fast, big physical corners, and that's what that's what Kevin King. He that's what he is. I'm not saying he's as good or even close to being on that level yet, but I think he could be there one day. And this is you know it's a big test for 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 the rookie uh, to see you know how well he. I'm not just I don't suspect he will shut Des Bryant down. No, but. I think he's going to more than hold his own in this game. Yeah, I, I don't look for him to shut Des Brown, uh, shut Des down and just hold him catchless or anything like that, but I think he matches up well. Mm-hmm. I really do. Just like you talked about, Des has traditionally struggled with corners that match his body type well, and I think Kevin King brings that to the table. I also think that if Morgan Burnett continues to play in the slot, 
and flourish in the slot the way that he has been, I think that allows a guy like HaHa Clint Dix or even Kentrell Bryce to maybe offer a little more help to Kevin King than they would be able to otherwise because I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think Morgan Burnett has a really good chance of, you know, not completely, but damn near locking Jason Witten down. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. I just, you know, you look at how well I mean, he plays against guys like Jimmy Graham and whatnot. Yeah, I, I think the stat that I saw today before we did the show was something in, like, since Morgan Burnett was moved to the slot and, you know, played more there against the Bengals than against the Bears, in 59 straight coverage snaps, he's allowed, I think, two catches. Wow. Now, he didn't even – he didn't allow a single catch against Chicago. That's going to be key because that was one of the positions that I was a little worried about uh, about this game. Cole Beasley is is a hell yeah. of a slot receiver. Well, you know? and that's the thing. Burnett may not do as well against someone with Beasley's speed, but I also think that's you know maybe an issue more reserved for Josh Jones to try to take care of sometimes. I'll tell you what, anybody except Demarius Randall, God forbid Demarius Randall. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that can happen. <laughs> I mean, that that's not – that can't be part of the equation. And I, I, I would like to see how they use Josh Jones in this game because I think that nitro backer position is just uh, – that is his thing. That is where he needs to be. I think that's why and, they drafted him. Uh, I do too, and I think that – you know, with injuries, they were forced to throw him into the game a little sooner than they expected to. But good God, they yeah. threw him into the game against Cincinnati, and he came out on fire. And he looked good against Chicago. I think he continues to look good against Dallas. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, I, I think it'll go a long way. I don't know. I think he's going to do more against the run than he will the pass. I think. In this game, yeah, I think so. I think so. so. Um,. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but, you know, looking at the other side of the ball, will the Packers be able to run the ball without it? Let's just say for shits and giggles, Tom Montgomery's a no-go, and Williams is limited. We don't know his status quite yet. The offensive line still a little banged up. Maybe they're not at 100%. Uh, do you feel this Cowboys front? Because the Cowboys are – you know, you look at the Cowboys' defense. Not, it's not riddled with stars. It's not, you know, I think they were called the no-name defense or something last year or something like that. But Rod Marinelli is a hell of a defensive coordinator, and Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense needs to be prepared. Are you ready for this? The Marinelli effect. <laughs> oh God, more effects. <laughs> More effects from. from okay, I, I, Good I, I say that in jest. That's not a real thing. Um, it's not nearly as much of a real thing as the laser um, effect was. You know what? But, the laser effect was pretty real for a little bit there. <laughs> but we, but, but we I mean, figured it out. You know, and this is one thing about this Cowboys team that I'm, I'm starting to lean towards. I think they may be a little bit overrated. Yeah. By think? by some people who who look at them still as like. Oh, look, you know, the Cowboys have all this talent. They do have some talent. But, man, they just – they rank 20th in the league against the pass. They rank 16th in the league against the run, which is respectable. You know, it's right there about midway. They give up 231 yards a game in the air. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to go for more than that. But they're only 26th in the league 
in points allowed. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's going to be the thing. I I think Montgomery's out, fine. Williams is limited, fine. I still think they have a chance to have an effective run game with better blocking tight ends like we have now. You still got the Ripper, who we haven't seen a ton of this year, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see more of him this game. Yeah, I would love to Ripkowski. see that. And we don't know exactly what we have in Aaron Jones and Devontae Mays. These two guys in the preseason looked like legitimate NFL running backs, and Aaron Jones definitely showed he is a legitimate NFL running back against the Bears, who, as we've talked about, really don't have that bad of a defense. Yeah, their defense is they good just, outside of Trevathan. Yeah, and <laughs> and that's more of a character issue. <laughs> But I and and Mays is a big dude. He's a heavy guy. He's you know what two thirty. Yeah, we saw that. And in the preseason. runs with a lot of power. And yeah. Aaron Jones has a lot of burst. If they go into this game with Aaron Jones and Devontae Mays as the only healthy running backs, and they rotate them through the game, I think that's a thunder and lightning combination just waiting to happen right there. Ooh, that would be interesting. That would be very interesting. The thunder and lightning combo of Devontae Mays and Aaron Jones. Who would have thought? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Who would have thunk it? But, you know, you look at the way the the, the Dallas defense plays, and Rod Marinelli is a really good defensive coordinator. Oh, uh, no, he is. He, I mean, he literally last year took, you know, garbage and turned it into gold uh, with, with what that defense looked like. Um, secondary lost a few pieces um, in the offseason. Barry Church is gone. Uh, Morris Claiborne is gone. Um, so you know they they look a little different on defense, but they still play the same way. They they don't they don't blitz a lot. They they play very technically sound. They tackle. They're fundamental, and they only rush four. Sometimes they just rush three and just play coverage. Do you think that mm. plays into uh, into the hands of Aaron Rodgers at all? Do you blitz Aaron Rodgers or do you just sit back and play coverage? Because I've to me that's a worry because in in past when Aaron Rodgers has struggled, it's when a team can can just sit back and cover and just rush three or four guys and and get home. Um, At this point, with the addition of the tight ends in Bennett and Kendricks, I think and, and and statistically this year, Aaron Rodgers has been better unpressured than pressured. He hasn't done as well with pressure this year as he traditionally has. Although the injuries to the offensive line have been absolutely uncanny this year. It's it's kind of an outlier, so I'm not putting a whole lot of stake in that. Mm-hmm. But if this Dallas team wants to sit back and give him all day in the pocket like we've seen him have before, where they are going to give him five, six, seven seconds in the pocket, somebody will get open. Or he will shift the pocket or roll out. Or he'll take off. Mm-hmm. He looks faster to me this year than he has in the last couple seasons. Even yeah. as he's starting to get older, he's he's done a lot to change his off-season training regimen and his diet. And I mean, Rodgers will take off, so that's another thing they're going to have to be really wary about if they choose to only rush four or three in this game. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's just what the Cowboys are going to do. Like I said, they don't blitz a whole lot. They just play technically sound, fundamental defense. And that's what Rod Marinelli is all about. Even um, you know, going back to who was he? was he with the Bears 
as a defensive coordinator for a uh, while. At one point, yeah. Yeah, and even those defenses were kind of the same way. I mean, he's he's a, you know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting matchup. To see what happens because you know, he's given Aaron Rodgers fits in the past. You know, not well, so much. I, I think- not so much in the first half the of the playoff game last year, but you know, yeah. in the first game that they played last year, the second, even the second half last year, Rodgers kind of bogged down and allowed the Cowboys to come back and tie the game. So, well, I I kind of feel like this if there's a game to try to jumpstart this Packers running game, which has been, you know, let's be honest, pretty lackluster so far. They're only 28th in the league with like 74 and a half rush yards per game. Granted, they've used a lot of the short passes and screens to Montgomery to supplement a traditional running game. But if he can't go and the Cowboys are content to sit back and try to flood the passing lanes and only rush three or four guys, this could be the game where they try to get a, a you know that running game really jump-started mm-hmm. more in a <clears throat> traditional way. Yeah, and like you said, if, if Montgomery can't go and Williams is, is limited and he or he can't go – and we're down to Aaron Jones and, and Devontae Mays. And you talk about wanting to see more. Uh, I'm sure the Cowboys, I'm sure Rod Marinelli and this Cowboys team would have would would have liked to have seen more of these guys beforehand too because they don't know what to expect with these two rookies. Exactly. So that could give them an edge as well. They don't know what to expect from Mays and Jones. Uh, Williams even, really. We haven't seen that much of Jamal Williams this year. Yeah, and, and if Jamal Williams is healthy and he, he's full go, he's a very good pass blocker and he does have a lot of great potential both as a running back and as a pass catcher out of the backfield yeah so it's it's a pretty big question and you just mentioned it right there pass protection does that scare you at all with Montgomery because Montgomery's been very good in pass protection so far this year he has but if the tackles are back I'm really not worried, and like I said, too, you know, Williams is a good pass blocker. He's got a lot of experience there, and they have Ripkowski. Yeah. Who I think we may end up seeing more of in this game, too, because he's a very strong runner, a very natural <laughs> runner with the ball in no his hands. Kidding. Yeah, he, he just doesn't go down. God knows he worked on ball security in the offseason. I don't Ooh, know that we'll so. ever see that man fumble again. And he's a very good pass blocker. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, do you do you touch on this real quick before we get to stat lines? Do you are you worried at all about uh, if Adams can't go and we're down to Nelson, Cobb, Allison? Uh, are you worried about the loss of Devontae Adams if he can't go on Sunday? In terms of the passing, you've game? already mentioned the name that alleviates my worry. Allison. Yeah. Yeah. I, You've got I, Geronimo. <laughs> you got Geronimo. Uh, and I, I if I, you know, if Adams can't go, I feel comfortable with Allison there. But, you know, it would be nice to have Adams there. Um, oh, of course. So, but, you know, it's, it's, we will see. Um, and one other little outlier on this game, too, which would be interesting, because we didn't see... We didn't see Mason Crosby have to kick a field goal in that Bears game. It was all touchdowns. No. Kick some extra points. <laughs> but <laughs> the loss of Brett Goode and uh, bringing in uh, oh, uh, Tabor Pepper, uh, just something, a little outlier, something to keep an eye on if the Packers have to kick some field goals. Um, hopefully that doesn't come into play 
do you do you worried about that at all? Do you um, think that could be you, the unknown you know, factor? He there? Didn't seem to you know have any hiccups in the punting game mm-hmm. against the Bears. I mean, and you know, hats off to Justin Vogel with that massive sixty-two yard boot yeah. that we you know we uh, really forgot to mention. So. He he looks great this year so far. I'm glad he made the team mm-hmm. still. But uh I don't I don't think I'm that worried. Yeah. Because like I said before, I mean, on the last show he did develop a good uh a good rapport with Crosby before yeah. training camp and whatnot. They know him, they've been practicing. I'm really not too worried about it. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I mean it's not something that I'm like, oh, geez, I hope we don't have to kick any I mean, field it's goals. it's something to watch. It, but... but it's something to keep an eye on because if it comes yeah. down like it did last year to a last-second field goal to win the game, um, you know, that could be the difference. Every little thing yeah, is a I mean, game of true. inches. That's, it's definitely all right there, Al Pacino. <laughs> it is. It's a game of it inches. Is <laughs> <laughs> you got to fight for that inch. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something to watch, but I'm not worried. Yeah, just just, just a little something just to throw out there, just in case. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, we're running a little long here. We'll probably be at the two-hour mark uh, for this show, probably more than that once everything gets edited together. So. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to stat lines for week number five. The main event. The main event of the show, everybody. We've been we've been doing a pretty damn good job this year so far, if I do say so. Yeah, myself. I mean, we, I, th- I feel like we've made that second year jump. Yeah, that Mike call it that? McCarthy always talks about that second year leap. We we're, we t- we've taken that step, folks. We we're figuring this shit out. But here we go. It's time for week five. Packers at the Cowboys. It's time for stat lines. All right, stat lines. Here we go. Ty, I will let you go first this week, my friend. Uh, I need you to, to step up. Uh, I called the HaHa Clinton Dix interception last week. I know it. I, I need to see something bold from you this week, man. Well, I, I don't know really how bold my first stat line is, but, uh, you know, uh, when you got the hot hand, they say you got to ride it, just like in basketball. And mm-hmm. my first stat line is going with Jordy Nelson. He may not be absolutely piling up the yards this year, but he is the touchdowns, and I think this uh, is another game, another touchdown for Jordy Nelson. He's going to finish this game with six receptions for 72 yards and two more touchdowns to his resume. That's bold. Doing that damage in the red zone. That's bold. I like it. Back-to-back two touchdown yeah. games. I mean, if, if anyone can do it, it's that man right there. Oh, yeah. And then... Staying with the offense, actually going back to the well with Aaron Rodgers, I think he's not going to work with quite the the short field that he did against the Bears, but I still think he's going to come out. I think we're going to see more of the Aaron Rodgers we expect to see, starting to pick a defense apart. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to finish this game right around 26 of 39. 322 yards and three touchdowns. 
I really like that stat line. I won't tell you exactly how much I like it until just a second, but uh Alright. <laughs> and then as has become tradition for me on this uh, this segment of the show, from a third stat line jumping over to the defense, staying with the Green Bay Packers, I just really like Josh Jones. I really like what he brings to the table. I think he's gonna have another great game. I think he's going to surprise people, a few people from that uh, Dallas sideline and that offense. He's going to finish this game with nine total tackles, one sack, and a tackle for loss. There's your bold stat line for my call out this week. I like it. I, uh, man, we must have, uh, we must have taken a trip in the DeLorean together this week because, uh, <laughs> we are pretty, pretty much on point. So, uh, your stat lines. For week five, Jordy Nelson, six receptions, 72 yards, two touchdowns, back-to-back two-touchdown games for Jordy Nelson. Let's make it happen, Jordy. You can do it, man. We're going to break that single-season touchdown record. Watch out, Moss. More touchdowns for the farm boy. Hell yeah. Uh, then you got Aaron Rodgers, 26 of 39, 322 yards, three touchdowns for AR-12. And Josh Jones with a big coming-out party. Opening up some eyes, because this is going to be a national game, I assume. Uh, it's going to be like... Oh, uh, yeah, it's America's game of the yeah, week on Fox, there you which go. probably means, damn it, we've got bucket Aikman. Over so. the middle! We're going to be hearing that all game. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Josh Jones, nine total tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss. Another coming out party for the future superstar, Josh Jones. I like those. My stat lines for week five, eerily eerily similar. Uh, To start out, though, I got Martellus Bennett this week. Bennett has been quiet so far this year. Hasn't done too much. I feel like this is the game that he comes out and gets his first touchdown as a Packer. He'll finish the game with four receptions, 56 yards, one touchdown for old Marty Bennett. I think this... Boy, maybe he's that uh, third recipient from my stat lines. There it is. I'm telling you. We, we We took a trip in the DeLorean together this week. Um... But for my second stat line, I got Josh Jones as well. I see a big coming out game for him. Eight total tackles, two tackles for a loss, and one interception for Josh Jones. I'll be damned. That is close. (laughs) (laughs) If you put our stat lines together for Josh Jones, holy shit. (laughs) Defensive player of the year, Josh Jones. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And for my third and final stat line, I also have Aaron Rodgers this week. And for my stat line... He's going to complete a, little, a few less, but the same number. 26 of 43, 321 yards, and three touchdowns. Oh, wow. How much closer oh, wow. can you get on that one, man? <laughs> so there you have it. Martellus Bennett, four receptions, 56 yards, one touchdown. Josh Jones, eight total tackles, two tackles for a loss, one interception. And Aaron Rodgers, 26 of 43, 321 yards, three touchdowns. Those are your stat lines for week number five, Packers at the Cowboys. Any of our new listeners, you've got to know, we do not discuss this before the show. Oh, no, this is... These are completely a mystery to to each other before we do this segment. There's no discussion of stat lines. So this is... We'll see. It's it's going to be interesting. Fate, ladies and gentlemen, you are here. At, at this fate. point, it's kind of like if, if one of us loses, the other one's going to lose this week. So we'll just have to see how it goes. We're kind of going head to head here to see. I mean, geez. Yeah. But 
Oh well, we'll see. Uh, it's been it's been a good year for Statland so far. Uh, man, I'll tell you what. If we, if we both match up on something, I'll tell you what. If Aaron Rodgers throws for 322 yards instead of 21 yards, I'm going to be pissed. I'm just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, I'm going to hope for a, a, a you know a quick screen that loses a yard at the end of the game or I mean, something. You know what though? What's going to get me is if he does throw two to Jordy and one to Bennett. That. <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be like Tom Montgomery in week one and week two all over again. It's gonna be the twilight zone. We're, I'm just, we're, yeah. we're gonna have to stop playing stat lines because we're we're too afraid. It's gonna it's you know it's, right. <laughs> it's been cursed by the devil or something. I mean, we keep doing what we've been doing with stat lines. We're gonna have like somebody from the Packers analytics department showing up at our doors going, what do you know? Yeah, exactly. Dude, we should start our own psychic network. The Packers psychic network. Dude, we'd get so rich. Maybe. Gamblers. and Dude, let's move to Vegas and start our own psychic network. It would just have to be Packers-centric. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's really a niche market. It, very, it really is. We might have to move to Green Bay and get a little shop somewhere downtown and just you know set up a booth or something, but I don't know. It's just an idea if this whole blue cheese radio thing doesn't work out. Yeah. We'll, do, we'll just do that. Um, but as of now, this blue cheese radio thing is working out because we are hopping, popping, whatever you want to call it, over on packtothefuture.com uh, website, humming hard through the regular season this year. More things being added every day, it seems like. Articles, podcasts, you name it, it's on there. www.packtothefuture.com Best Packer site on the net, guaranteed. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Blue Cheese Radio, at Radiation Mike, at Titletown Ty. Uh, always uh, up for some interesting discussion on Twitter. Uh, and Facebook.com, backslash Blue Cheese Radio. You'll find out when the show drops, ooh, excuse me, first thing on Facebook. Um, so if you follow us, give us a like on Facebook, you'll be first to know uh, when the show drops. Um, you'll also be first to know if you uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. You subscribe, hit that subscribe button on iTunes, and uh, the show gets downloaded directly to your phone. We infiltrate your phone, whether you like it or not, whether you want it or not. You get brand new Blue Cheese Radio Right to your phone. And, of course, the Blue Cheese Mailbag. We'll answer questions one day. <laughs> we'll have a question segment at some point. We'll probably tr- we'll try to do, like, a question segment on the bye week. We just... We just yeah, that, that'll be a good week for it. Yeah, we, we just run our mouths too much on this show to, to, <laughs> to open up the forum for questions for everybody. Yeah. But, you know, we'll get to it eventually. At AskBlueCheese at gmail.com. Send your questions. We'll get to them uh, on the bye week, <laughs> if anything. Um, so that'll do it for us this week. Uh, until next week, Ty, uh, any parting words for our uh, for our listeners out there? Well, I mean, you know, if this blue cheese thing doesn't work out, I'll just go start my own paper company. So, <laughs> you know, you guys can stay, keep an eye out for that just in case the show ever goes off the air. I'll just start a paper company, and then I'll start another paper company, and then another. I have no shortage of names. Mm. Well, all right. <laughs> What the hell? Where do you? Where does that come from? <laughs> the office. Oh yeah, I figured, but I mean, uh, you just talking about the show, you know, going under. It just kind of hurt, and 
<laughs> I've been in another cycle of rewatching The Office for like the eighth time because it's the best show that's ever been on TV. And you're trapped in so, Dunder Mifflin. In, in, I can't in mind get away. I, I even bought a Dunder Mifflin t-shirt. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Dude, have you ever seen... I think it was on Saturday Night Live. They did a sketch. It's like the Japanese version of The Office. <laughs> no, but I'm gonna have to look it up now. You gotta look it up. It's hilarious. It's freaking hilarious. It's it's all the it's all the actors from The Office, but they're it's kind of racist. But whatever. It's it's <clears throat> it's it's the Japanese version of, of The Office. It's it's pretty funny. Oh, I'll be looking it up right after we get off the show. <laughs> well, you look it up. Packer fans, Blue Cheese Radio fans, you can look it up as well. Um, But until next week, I'm Mike. And I'm Ty. Well, it started out Down a dirty road Started up all alone, and the sun went down. It's across the hill, and the town lit up, and the world got still. I'm ready to fly.
That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.